Welcome to True Freedom, a new podcast for you. If you are searching, longing, and you know there is something more that you need in life. I'm your host, Richard Stokes, and our guide for this podcast is Bodie Aldridge, transformational leadership coach, author, teacher, and great friend of mine. Each week, we jointly explore a topic or a theme that's likely to matter to you and your life right now. I'll put some questions to Bodhi and he'll share his profound wisdom on that area. The idea is that you can take that wisdom and see how it feels to you. Sit with it, ponder it, live with it, and do something with it. This is our invitation to you, and our offer is to provide a map to this territory called life and some tools for how to best navigate it. We invite you to come and play. We want to hear from you. We want your thoughts and your questions. Uh, and more on that as we go into the podcast about how you can get involved uh, in the series as it evolves. One early ask of you, if you like this podcast, please do take the time to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button for future episodes. Um, it's especially important for a new podcast that we can give it that love as it will ensure that more people get a chance to hear the wisdom that Bodhi's going to share. Now, coming on to this week, we are going to explore relationships and specifically how to cultivate healthy, long-term, committed relationships. As I said, key, key subjects <laughs> have impact on our life every day. So we'll be talking around areas like, so how exactly the commitment in long-term relationship and true freedom actually sit together? Are they oxymorons? Is there a paradox there? How can they work together? And how can we all work on some of those triggers that we know trip us up in our relationships over time? How can we identify those and actually do some work on those so they're less of a, an issue? And how can we get on the same page as our partner and simply communicate better as a couple? This and, and many more areas we're going to cover today. Uh, but first off, I'd like to say, hey, welcome, Bodhi. Great to see you again. Thanks, Richard. Great to be here. And I love those introductions. They get me very energized. Well, that's that's the idea. Just to tear up a little <laughs> bit um, as we move into today. So... We take again. We're taking on another big subject area um, that we thought would be interesting and actually really important for everybody, and that really at the heart of our kind of our, our our listener target audience. As we talk about, if you're listening to this, you're likely to be married or in a long-term committed relationship, as well as be mortgaged. You may have kids. You may run a business or be very senior um, in a business. So we think this is one that's going to be pretty important for people. You work with thousands of leaders around the, the world, Bodhi, and sometimes that's in a work context. And I suppose this one's slightly out of work context, but does this subject area come up a lot for you anyway? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, as you know, on your journey and many, many other clients, the old model of leadership and business was, um, you know, leave your feelings at the door, park your personal life and just show up and run your business. And I think fortunately, what we know is that, yeah, all of that influences you as a leader or a business owner. In fact, the actual cost to your business and your leadership decisions depends a lot on your home life. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, obviously your health, but to particularly around your home life. You think about if you are having 
relationship challenges, parenting challenges. Yeah, that impacts your ability to make decisions, to focus, even your time at work or in your business. And so this is a common area for the leaders I work with. And as you say, particularly most of them are in committed relationships, yeah, usually to the opposite sex, yet what we're going to talk about isn't based on gender necessarily. And most of them also have children. Yeah. And so, and so, so jumping into it, you know, you set that context of, you know, who this was likely to be interesting to. I, I'm imagining people may be asking this question. So I'm listening to this podcast called the True Freedom Podcast. And we have in episode one talked about what we mean by true freedom and how you can attain it. Uh, and obviously, we're talking about committed relationships. So how do those two dynamics actually work together? This sense of commitment and this sense of freedom. Let's let's kick off there. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I will circle back to um, yep, the way relationship operates. Yep. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, as we expand our awareness and our consciousness, as we expand our presence, what we start to meet in life are these places of paradox. Yeah. And ultimately, on the hero's journey, we start to meet the mystery. Mm. And one of the paradoxes that we meet is this paradox. You know, between commitment and freedom. And for men, particularly working with men, and I've I've done lots of work with younger men, rites of passage work, yeah, work for teenage boys, for young men in their twenties. Yeah. And this whole area of commitment is a fascinating cultural conversation. Yet if we bring it back to this paradox, so commitment. Fundamentally, what commitment means is I choose to have no more choice. Mm. So an example of commitment is an aeroplane on the runway at some point is committed to taking off. Um, a mother who's giving birth yeah, is absolutely committed. Mm. And in our life, this concept of commitment is fascinating because if you reflect in your own personal life, the difference between sitting on the fence, sort of doing something, or when you made a commitment, when you absolutely made that decision. Yeah, and that's the territory we're navigating in relation to relationships. But think about other areas. I work with some elite sports people, yeah, and they absolutely made a commitment, yeah, somewhere in their career. Yeah, where I'm absolutely committed to this. And again, I choose to have no more choice. And working with entrepreneurs, if you look at entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, inverted commas, yeah, every day they wake up committed yeah, to their vision. And so on the one hand, we have this area of commitment. Now, what plays out in relationship is that when we fully commit to relationships, and for most of us, yeah, we think it is about the wedding day, yeah, or the day we move in together. Mm-hmm. At some level, yeah, there is a conversation or mm-hmm. an unsaid that I'm committed to this. What happens when you commit to something is that what occurs is, yeah, all of the fear flags start coming up. And so again, to use some generalization and to use a husband and wife together. Yeah. So husband and wife get married. Yeah. 
And wife says, I commit to you, yeah, for the rest of my life. Three weeks later, Friday night, he's not home from the pub. He's still there with his mates. It's like, bloody hell, he never did this before we got married. A bit of a fear flag. Mm. Yeah. A month later, Sunday afternoon, the lawn hasn't been mowed. Yep. <laughs> he's sitting on the couch watching the football. It's like, hang on a tick. What happens is all of these fears start to come up. And often because we don't have the communication and relationship skills, which we're going to explore today, they're unsaid, they're not dealt with, we don't know what to do with them. And for a lot of people, these fear flags come up. And eventually what they do is they question their commitment instead of the fears. And this oh, is where okay. resentment builds. Working with couples, most relationships end yeah, because resentment builds up. All that resentment is, is somewhere between my ears, I have the perfect vision of my wife, yeah, of Amala, the perfect Amala. And then I have the current reality. And if you loved me, you would X, Y, and Z, but you don't. As soon as I judge that illusionary vision with the current reality, that's how I create resentment. And this resentment builds up, this resentment builds up, the illusion of who we want our partner to be and the current reality. And eventually people question their commitment and often relationships end. And so the first part of this paradox yeah, is to really look at yeah, what commitment is. Yeah. The second part, and this is particularly true for men, most men I work with, Rich, particularly men who are married, yeah, if you sit down with them, most of them, a part of them have their has their bags packed, yeah, at the back door, ready to go. Mm. Yeah, they've never energetically fully gone all in. Right. Because it's like, well, what if, what if, or the fear flags come up, you know, now it's this, now it's that. I've got my back door, I've got my exit strategy. And that energetically, psychologically, and emotionally. Yeah, it's such a drain on the relationship, but also on the individual. Because true freedom only lives when you fully commit. I choose to have no more choice. The paradox is you always have choice. You always have choice in life. But energetically, when you're fully committed, what you're saying to your partner is, I am free to choose and I choose to be here with you. And I choose to be here with you today, this moment. I'm fully in and I'm fully here. And when you unlock that in yourself, the freedom that unlocks, particularly in relationship, and the energetic freedom in the relationship is boundless. Mm. It just frees up so much of the unsaid stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it, it does. And it it's, it's profound. It's hitting me with a lot of truth bombs. <laughs> Coming in in yeah. terms of I, what, what I, where I started from was this sort of sense of there's cultural commitment and expectations, i.e. the wedding band, the party, the moving in. That's mm. commitment as we've been taught it. But there's commitment that actually goes on in here. I'm not just pointing to my head, but my heart and my, my, my gut. It's just I'm all in with this. Yeah. That's, as yeah. you say, that when, when, when you choose to have no more choice, in a world of infinite choice, I choose to have no more, I'm here. And yeah. just how freeing 
that can be um mm. and is it just to, just to dive in a little bit this 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 you know this this uh metaphorical bag at the back door packed that you, you reference yeah. men are more likely to have that is that a masculine trait where does yeah. that yeah yeah it's a great question and and I know in another podcast we're going to dive deeper into the masculine and feminine yeah. energies and just to give a bit of a meta view, yeah. So fundamentally, the masculine and feminine energies aren't based on gender. Yet most men are more in their masculine, mm. and most women are more in their feminine. Just a mm. just a, a mm. generalization. Yeah. yeah. These energies run through the universe. Yeah, and they run through the planet Earth. All of traditional wisdom knows. Yeah, that this energy, these currents of energy. Yep. So we have Mother Earth, we have Father Sky, we have the North and South Pole. We're dealing with polarity. There are a few meta polarities in this relative world, and the masculine and feminine are polarities. Mm. And fundamentally, the feminine energy, this current of energy in the universe and in us, is everything that flows, everything that moves. And the masculine energy is that which presences the flow. It's like the river and the riverbanks. Mm. Yeah, it's the flow and the scaffolding, and that's within us, and it's in with it's within relationships. And so, the key driver for that feminine flowing energy is connection and love, connection and love, connection and love. The key driver for the masculine is freedom, and this is where the distortion occurs. Okay. On the hero's journey, the driver for men in their masculine yet yeah, is this absolute search for freedom. And for young men, particularly in their 20s, yeah, they think freedom is outside of themselves. Freedom is climbing a mountain. Freedom is going to India and meditating. Freedom is all of that until eventually, again, in the hero's journey, yeah, at some point as the masculine develops, they realize that the holy grail they're searching for, which is driven by this desire for freedom, was sitting at the bedside table all along. It's within them. Mm. And so I know it's a long answer to your question, but this desire for freedom is so strong in men in their masculine that it distorts their commitment. Whereas the feminine is all about connection and love. It's all about the relationship. So that's why I, I've experienced and often yeah. experienced with my clients this, yeah, the metaphorical, the bags are packed. Mm. You know, I'm not no, sure where freedom really is. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's a distorted view of freedom because, you know, yeah. culturally what we've, we've picked up on. And also what your answer gives me is we, we step away from some of the stereotyping, okay, because mm. we can get very stereotyped. It, it is... It is only men that do that. It's only women that do this. We know it's yeah. not as 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 binary as that. But that that explanation helps me with that. And we are we're going to go deeper into those polarities uh, mm. later on. But I, I yeah. think that straight away the sense that obviously commitment and freedom can and do sit very happily together, even though they may seem like this paradox. Yeah, you can find. Um, that amazing freedom when you when you when you fully commit to anything and obviously in here we're talking yeah. about committed relationships exactly and that's you know this journey to true freedom yeah it is about what am i committed to in my life mm. 
yeah, and yeah, we're we're looking at it in relationship. But if you look at look at anything that you're committed to, or you're sitting on the fence, because the energy of sitting on the fence, the energy of indecision, isn't freedom. It's suffering. It's that constant: will I, won't I? Should I? Don't you know? Should I? Shouldn't I? Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Yeah. If for for the listeners who are wondering about developing and cultivating a practice of presence. Yeah, through mindfulness, through yoga, through whatever teachings, the the real accelerator, yeah, is when you commit to it. Yeah, I choose to have no more choice. Now, most of us think that's constraint and restriction, and commitment and discipline are, are bedfellows. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we can talk about that another time. The discipline and freedom as well. That sounds yeah. like another another episode uh, theme yeah, yeah, <laughs> that we yeah. touch on. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 keep us moving through um, in this area in terms of relationships and committed relationships. Yeah. I, I I talked also uh, up front about we do recognise that all is not plain sailing. All is not smooth in most relationships, um, and you'd almost argue that actually. If it all was completely smooth and even, is is there enough of the, you know, use the word polarity? Is there enough action going on to create that attraction that needs to exist? But mm. and what I'm getting on here is is those triggers in life. Why? Yep. You know, why my, my wife keeps on doing that thing and it really irritates me. And why why is it irritating me? And how am I showing up when I feel that? That level of irritation and what can i do about that if i choose to so let's yep. let's let's just yeah. talk about that those sort of those niggles yeah. in a relationship over time yeah exactly and where they start is so when we look at relationship you know, what we know is that one of the most effective things to a healthy relationship is communication yet interestingly rich it starts with the communication and relationship you have with yourself yeah and again as we've done on a previous episode yeah when people start to realize every day you're communicating with yourself eighty thousand thoughts a day most of them are negative every day you're relating with yourself particularly the way you relate with yourself emotionally so the mastery in healthy relationship mm -hmm. is to really be honest disciplined committed yeah to the relationship Yep, and communication you have with yourself. That's the part you have absolute control over. That's the part you have absolute choice over. Yep. And fundamentally, yep, in a relationship, if your commitment is to being the best version of yourself as often as you can, yeah, then you're going to reduce the triggers anyway. Right. But we'll get to the triggers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm dealing with my stuff. Yeah, crucial to yep. start there. That and and I think yep. and I've I've know before getting into a lot of this work, it would be a projection on why are they doing that? Why are they doing that to me? When they yeah. know <laughs> this hits my triggers. I have moved on a little yeah. bit from that, but uh, still work <laughs> in progress right, yeah. as my wife would attest yeah. to, but I think really important to start in the area that yeah. I have yeah. control over me. Yeah, exactly. When I work with my clients, when I work with relationships, because as soon as you go, it's about them, you've gone into a level of victim and out effect. Something external is making this disturbance internally. Yeah. Yeah, there's no road, there's no cheese down that tunnel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not saying you accept inappropriate behaviour. Yeah. yeah but, it, but it's realising that, yeah, 
uh, if I want to play that game, then I'm always going to be out of effect. I'm always going to be out of effect to my partner, my kids, the traffic, the government, whatever. And it's just powerless, you know. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And again, we, we can talk more about that. Yeah. So fundamentally, if you realize that it's about how I experience the world, and remember, as we've discussed, inherently the world is meaningless until you give it a meaning. We're filtering and giving meaning to the world through our experience, through our beliefs, through our values, and through the not good enough, as you know, the fundamental belief. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we're giving meaning to relationship. And often our partners, yeah, opposites attract. There's the polarity. There's also the healing and learning that's possible. And so what occurs is that, if I can use your example, D is just being D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're giving meaning to D. Yeah, and D will have her patterns, have her habits. Yeah, coming out of her family of origin, coming out of her, you know, behavioural beliefs, etc. And so, if D does something, yeah, that triggers you're not good enough. You don't value me and love me. How does that feel for you at times? Uh, it can be uh, a range from from really painful to slightly irritating. I think it's a real spectrum depending on what yeah. it is, when it happens. Con- obviously, context, context, context. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's in that generally not a not a not a not a nice feeling, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and can you see it's fundamentally about you? Yeah. Now we'll get to D. Yeah, we'll get to D's behavior. But the first place I want to anchor in for all our listeners is it's about you first. This is where mastery comes in to long term yeah. relationships. Amala and I have been together over 40 years. Yeah, four children, 10 grandchildren. Yeah, I haven't got this mastered yet. I'm a fair way down the track. Yeah. Yeah. But if we had Amala on a podcast, you'd hear a different version, I'm sure. Um, Yet the toolkit, yeah, which we're giving our clients is to know it's always about you. And as we discussed in a previous podcast, it's always the not good enough. Mm. Every time. Because I'm not feeling loved or valued. If Dee loved me, she Mm. would know that I wanted a cup of tea. If Dee valued me, she'd know that she'd keep the kids quiet when I'm on a podcast. Yeah, all of those little things that trigger us. Yeah, 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 that's right. Because we're filtering the external world. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is why your emotions are giving you the information. Hmm. So first thing is come back to self. Yep. The second piece is, and again, for those listeners, I'm not saying that you accept inappropriate behavior. But for most of us in relationship, yep, leaving the dishwasher, dirty or not putting the bin out, yeah, whatever it might be, yeah, is just behavior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is if you get triggered, you're gonna go into the victim, you're gonna go into the not good enough. Yeah, you're gonna jump into the drama triangle and that's gonna be a really sticky afternoon or a really sticky week. Because you're gonna hold on to that. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the tools to acknowledge and feel your feeling. Yeah. The second piece is if you can come to the conversation in a clean way, yeah, and you mentioned, and again, for our listeners, there's a difference between context and content. So the content of our world, 
is all of the stuff and all of the doing. Life is content. Going to the beach, taking the kids to school, that's just life. But what gives meaning to your content is your context. Yeah, and there can be layers of context. Yeah. And to give you an example, if I'm running a training session yeah, for 10 people in a business and somebody's sitting in the room with a context that this is going to be a waste of time, again, they're going to gather the evidence. It's a belief. Yeah, they're going to activate that RAS. Yeah, this guy's boring, banging on. I've heard it all before. Yeah. The person next to them has a context of, I'm going to learn something. We'll have a totally different experience. Mm. Yeah. It's like, this guy's interesting. I'll get a few nuggets here. I'll take away exactly the same content. And so if you're in a relationship where the behavior yeah, or the decision-making with your partner yeah, is getting sticky and you're not getting triggered. You're coming to the conversation as the best version of yourself. Not the not good enough, not the victim, not the blame, not the judgment, all of that. Then the key piece, and I know this was the third part of your introduction, the key piece to cultivating healthy long-term relationships yeah, is to know whenever you're bumping heads with anybody about anything, it's because the context isn't aligned. But we try to fix it in the content. Okay. Yeah. For example, the kids are screaming, you're doing a podcast, you get irritated. Yeah. Dee's context is I'm exhausted. I'm trying to put the kids to bed. At the end of the day, just re-record your bloody podcast. Mm. Your podcast is, this is important, this is my work. Yep. <laughs> so the key here, and this is where effective communication comes in, there are layers of context. If you're willing to tell your truth, and I'll talk more about what truth is, all you're doing is getting to the context where you agree and noticing where you disagree and attempting to align the context. And what we're looking for is a win-win or no deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, using that example, we have a conversation with Dee and said, look, these podcasts are really important. And she's like, look, the little fella's got an earache. I'm not going to be able to put him to sleep and create a quiet space. Yeah. Then you just go, what's the context here? Well, the context, if, as important as my podcasts are, the reality is my little boy's health and the support of my wife is more important. Yeah. So higher context. You're moving up higher context. constantly. Yeah. Exactly. Win-win or no deal. The win-win is, okay, I'll just, I'll do the podcast another time. Yeah. Yep. Two days later, you know, you've got your, your most famous client on the Mojo podcast. You've been waiting for three years to get this person on. It's going to accelerate it everywhere. <laughs> the kids are screaming in the background and you're like, oh, no. And you go to Dee and say, look, this is what I'm experiencing. And she's like, I get it. I'll just take the kids to my friend's place. We can soothe them there. We can look after them. I'll come back in two hours. Hmm. Win, win or no deal. Hmm. Yeah, again, that ability to be effective, that ability to communicate, that ability to be flexible. Yeah, and in a committed relationship, when essentially you're committed to supporting each other. Yeah, and I talk a lot about in relationship, what's the context of the relationship? 
yeah, which again we can come back to. But can you see how that healthy, effective communication mm. can help yeah, create a long-term relationship? Yeah, and, and all these things, you know, often those harder conversations are in the moment and in a moment of heightened stress, you might you might say. So I think having that that tool for de as you say, de-stressing and being very, you know, you said honest and truthful rather than activated and reactive to oh, yep. just just be quiet because that just instead of going up the context tree you're just going up the aggravation ladder um, yeah and that's probably when you're going to get to a, a more significant fallout i would say so it's it is it, it, and again it comes that that word that you use quite a lot it comes to, it's the choice i'm going to choose yep. to respond in this situation versus react and Again, yeah. Only I can choose to how I respond right here, right now. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. There's the self awareness, then the self regulation, as you say. Mm. Yeah. How am I going to regulate my emotions? How am I going to regulate my choice and my thought patterns? And what do I choose here? Now, interestingly, and again, I think we touched on it in the parenting course. Yeah. Whenever you get triggered, whenever you get frustrated, whenever you get annoyed. Fundamentally, it's a part of you you haven't loved. Mm. So our greatest teacher is our committed partner and our children. Because what they're mirroring back for us, yeah, yeah. a lot of us, it's like, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, I'm in a good way. You're not in an egoic way. I'm, I'm, I accept myself and everything. And the kids go, yeah, what about this? Press your buttons, yeah. And our partners do it as well. That's part of their role. If you want to fast track the return mm. to love, if you want to fast track your healing, commit to a relationship. Because every part of you that you haven't accepted and healed and loved is going to be mirrored back. Oh, until right. you do. Okay. Yeah. And that's how we create this reality. Yeah. This opportunity for healing. You know, the, the old saying, if life is the school, committed relationships to the university. It's like yeah. we're going for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? No, no, it does. And it, it, what's coming back to me is this, is this sense of, you know, we started off talking about commitment and freedom and the, the metaphorical bag at, at the back door. Because yeah. if, if you're not true to yourself and ready to have that level of experience where you know I'm going I'm to grow, it, it might be some hard yards early on, but I'm going to grow here. But I think you're more yeah. likely to be hanging on to that bag. If you don't want to do that, mm, yeah. when, you, when you let that bag yeah. go, okay, bring it on. Okay, yeah. this is, it's going to be as it is, but I know this is, this is my truth. This is where I want, I want to go. I, I maybe didn't expect it to turn out this way. I might not have written it this way, but this is the way it's going. Yeah, exactly. And one of the questions I often ask couples is what's the context of your relationship? What's actually brought you together? Yeah. And it's not a question we necessarily reflect on. Yeah, and and every and there's no right answer. Some people, it's like the context is to build a lovely family and have children. Mm. You know, for some people, you know, it's to have adventures and experience life. For some people, it's about personal and spiritual growth. Yeah, yeah. What I know is, if you're clear on the context and aligned on the context and committed to the context as a couple. Then whatever comes up in the content, you can go back there and go, hang on, we chose to have an adventure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We committed to that, remember? 
Now, things can change, yet normally there's an overarching context. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what I was just I was coming to, especially, I think most people would recognise this, when you add children into the equation of committed yeah. relationship, that's when more change is going to happen. So do you see that almost, is that a, an important point for these conversations, is we've been together a long time, or we've been married, and now we've chosen, or we've had, we've had children, and oh, things have changed. Where's the adventure gone? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good point. What I often say to couples, yeah, is at the end of the day, for most couples I've worked with, yeah, that are committed to their relationship, which most people are at some level, yet yeah, some need to step in a bit more. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the the ultimate intention is, yeah, in our 90s to be sitting on the front porch in our rocking chair going, we had a good crack. We had a good crack at life. Mm. Yeah, we gave it our best. I did my best to show up as best I could. I did my best to experience life. I did my best as a parent, as a partner. Yeah. And if that's the overarching context, and obviously there can be more clarity to that, then absolutely you have to navigate different aspects of it. Mm. Parenting, there's two things with parenting. One is working with many men around purpose. Yeah. And so a lot of my clients in their 40s and 50s, yeah, this inquiry comes back up, you know, the holy grail, the search for adventure, the search for freedom. The truth is that the biggest context they've already committed to is to support their family. They may be passionate. I'm passionate about surfing. Yeah. You're passionate about playing drums. Yeah. But that's not your purpose. You've already made a deal unconsciously or consciously that I've got these children I'm committed to providing an education uh, a house you know I have a relationship with my wife however you navigate that yeah. as far as home care children income yeah that's the highest purpose at that time mm. yeah the other big tension I find which we briefly touched on in the parenting podcast is a lot of parents aren't aligned with the context of parenting. What happens is unconsciously, we bring our family of origin parenting styles. Mm. And again, because this is in our subconscious, so often what happens is that we, you know, if we've been brought up by an authoritarian parent, yeah, then when we're under pressure, we're gonna to revert to authority. And remember, we touched on the different types of parenting. Yeah, 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 if, yeah. if we've been brought up by a laissez-faire parent, yeah, where there's no boundaries, yeah, we're going to revert to that. And so if you're in a relationship where you want to parent as an authoritarian parent yeah. and your partner wants to be laissez-faire, yeah, that's going to cause conflict. Yeah. You've got to align on the context. Yeah. So on honest conversation, we're coming back to around. Exactly. Around that. Exactly. Yeah. Around that. And the third type for those listeners that haven't heard is the collaborative parenting. Mm which is a more contemporary parenting style. Um, but it's a great example of context again. And as you say, context shifting in relationships. So we, we spent a bit of time there talking about the, the children coming into relationship and obviously parenting. And some of our listeners are probably in that zone now where maybe children are actually moving out of home. And it's back to, you know, classic, oh, we're, we're empty nesters again. 
What's your yeah. advice there? Because I know you've been through this yourself. I haven't. I've got quite a way to go <laughs> before I get to that point. Yeah. But what what happens when? Yeah. Oh, we were all about. I said all our purpose is all about you know bringing children into the world, keeping them safe and healthy, giving them everything they need. And now, whoop, they've gone. What happens yeah. now? Because I, I I just get a sense that that is another key inflection point in any committed relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The two key parts to that. One is, have you kept the juice alive mm. in the relationship? And two is, how much of your identity is wrapped up in your role as a, as a father, as a parent, as a mother, as a, yeah. And, you know, and so if we unpack those, yeah, if we go to keeping the juice alive. So again, we're going to do another po- podcast around the sexual energy of polarity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and how we're attracted to the opposite energy. And so one of the challenges in relationship is what occurs is that often for couples, there's this initial attraction, there's the eros, yeah, there's the spark, yeah, and that's often what brings couples together. It's like mm-hmm. this incredible attraction to the opposite, to the other. And that spark is something that you can cultivate in yourself and cultivate in your relationship in fact it's crucial to do it yet what happens for a lot of couples is when life gets busy yep we get Mm. into you know marriage we get into mortgage we get into kids we get into our careers yet we don't spend enough time cultivating that juice right and that juice can start to dissipate and working with long-term relationships, what I see is if we think about comfort zones, yeah, a comfort zone is a place yeah, where I know all there is to know. And the only way we get to grow and learn as adults is to keep stepping out of our comfort zone, yeah, keep learning and growing. What I see with some long-term relationships is they've just stayed in a comfort zone. Yeah. They've lost the juice, lost the spark. They've just become friends, companions. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not like it was when we started. And so this thread, which we're going to talk about in another podcast, is crucial. How do I keep this juice mm-hmm. alive? Mm-hmm. How do I keep this polarity alive? How do I keep this energy alive? Yeah. Because when the kids leave, it's a time to have so much fun, so much exploration. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if you've navigated the children to have the capabilities and skills to be, start becoming independent, which again is, is another conversation. Yeah. So that's one thread to your question. The other contextual thread, as I mentioned, is a lot of people. Now, if we do some huge generalizations here, one of the partners has probably given up part of their career to lean more into parenting. Mm. Yep. And because most of us, without the tools, without the self-awareness, inherently our identity, yeah, it's almost based on our resume. Yeah, it, it's like I'm a, hmm. you know, PR consultant. I'm a, you know, father. I'm a, yeah, and, and, you know, essentially what happens is we get caught up thinking who we are is what we do. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And... If that occurs, a big part of our identity can be the parent. I'm the parent. 
I'm the father, I'm the mother, suddenly that's taken away. And we see this often with people, particularly men, when they retire. My whole self-worth and self-value was tied up in my career and now I'm just an old guy at the park sitting there. Yeah, I had a client yes. recently. His yeah, his father was a very experienced and successful pharmacist. People coming to him all day with questions and very intelligent man, very relationship driven. Yeah, the day after he retired, he was literally sitting in the park and no one came up because his whole identity was wrapped up in him. Yeah, and so individually in relationship and and in the marriage. Yeah, so much of our time, our focus is taking the kids to soccer, taking the kids to piano, getting the kids through school, doing the chores, yeah, working parents, all of that sort of stuff. Suddenly that space starts to reveal itself. Yeah. And if we aren't aware that who we are is not what we do, their identity, yeah, is not based on our stuff. Mm. Yeah. Then that can be a challenge yeah yeah and yeah. instead of the invitation to explore that really explore for yourself who you are yeah explore li living a purpose-driven life yeah mm. there can be a big shift in relationship yeah well i mean tre Makes tremendous sense? yeah completely you know as i said that's not my context yet but i know i've got several friends and quite a few clients who are in or approaching that zone yeah. so i think just those those words yeah. and some really practical things we can start to do in terms of who am i who am i yeah uh, yeah I, i'm i'm more than for example this role and i'm also more than a parent i'm a i'm a combination of things and just just yeah. getting yourself your your head around that uh, in yeah. preparation for that sort of change it seems like a a smart thing to do yeah a great yeah. analogy for that is so if you you know if you think about a, a, a book, if you think about a page on a book, yeah, and there's all this black writing on the page, yeah, and then there's this white page, yeah, and a lot of people just think who they are is the black writing. Mm. They forget to realise that there's this whole white page. It's the difference between being and doing, you know, it's that deeper experience of life, realizing that there's much more than just the writing. Yeah. So for any of your listeners, it's realizing that often we get caught up in the black writing. Yeah. Great analogy. Great analogy. Mm -hmm. Well, Bodhi, I, you know, again, another subject we've, we've bitten off, which is, which is huge. We've tried to condense it and make it uh, deliverable within a, a sort of a 45 minute podcast. And I hope we've managed to do that and also identified some future themes that I'm sure we'll come back to. So if this resonated with you, please let us know if you've got more questions around the area of relationships and commitment, let us know and we can go deeper into those in the future. But Bodhi, amazing. Thank you so much again. Mm, thank you. You know, I really want to support the listeners to realize it's an inside out job. Yeah. Relationships come from the inside out. Commit to your own self-awareness and bring the best version of yourself to your relationship and it will transform. Beautiful. Thank you, Bodhi. Mm, thanks, Rich. Fantastic. Thank you.